If you would tonight, get your Bibles and go with me to Ecclesiastes chapter number 3. Ecclesiastes chapter number 3. And this is a passage of scripture that is uh, encouraging if you're a Christian. It's encouraging if you know uh, the Lord Jesus and are aware of eternity. If you're not, this is the weirdest passage of scripture you'll ever read. And it actually puts life into perspective in such a way that it's a bit uh, discouraging. And we watch as we come to Ecclesiastes chapter 3, the preacher, Solomon, the writer, is uh, in his writing. And this, I understand this can be a difficult passage of Scripture and book of the Bible to read because you, you want the, the writer, and if you, if you keep this in mind as you read it, uh, Solomon in his thinking is going in and out of this worldly thinking and eternal thinking and worldly thinking and eternal thinking. And he's trying to see... As a man that has experienced everything the world has to offer and has come back empty, he's trying to decide how to reconcile life. And he's trying to do it without God. But every time he does, he comes back to the fact that life and living without the reality of God and eternal and eternity is absolutely, teetotally, utterly empty, vain. And I'll just tell you, studying the book of Ecclesiastes is a sweet and wonderful thing for all of us to do. Because if you're like me, it's easy to get neck deep in all the world has going on and forget sometimes, even as a preacher, to forget how important it is that every day of our life we live it with eternity's values in view. We come to the book of Ecclesiastes and Chapter number three, we'll read this chapter together and I'll take our message with the Lord's help. Hopefully some things will be a blessing to you. Ecclesiastes chapter three, verse number one, the Bible says, To everything there is a season, and a time to every purpose under the heaven. A time to be born and a time to die. A time to plant and a time to pluck up that which is planted. A time to kill and a time to heal. A time to break down and a time to build up. A time to weep and a time to laugh. A time to mourn and a time to dance. A time to cast away stones and a time to gather stones together. A time to embrace and a time to refrain from embracing. A time to get and a time to lose. A time to keep and a time to cast away. A time to rend and a time to sow. A time to keep silence and a time to speak. A time to love and a time to hate. A time of war and a time of peace. What profit hath he that worketh in that wherein he laboreth? I have seen the travail which God hath given to the sons of men to be exercised in it. He hath made everything beautiful in his time. Also he hath set the world in their heart. So that no man can find out the work that God maketh from the beginning to the end. I know that there is no good in them. But for a man to rejoice and to do good in his life. And also that every man should eat and drink and enjoy the good of all his labor. It is the gift of God. I know that whatsoever God doeth it shall be forever. Nothing can be put to it nor anything taken from it. And God doeth it that men should fear before him. That which hath been is now, that which is to be hath already been, 
And God requireth that which is past. And moreover, I saw under the sun the place of judgment. That wickedness was there. And the place of righteousness, that iniquity was there. I said in my heart, God shall judge the righteous and the wicked. For there is a time there for every purpose and for every work. I said in my heart concerning the estate of the sons of men, that God might manifest them and that they might see that they themselves are beasts. For that which befalleth the sons of men befalleth beasts, even one thing befalleth them. As the one dieth, so dieth the other. Yea, they have all one breath, so that a man hath no preeminence above a beast, for all is vanity. All go unto one place, all are of the dust, and all return to dust again. Who knoweth the spirit of man that goeth upward, and the spirit of the beast that goeth downward to the earth? Wherefore I perceive that there is nothing better than that a man should rejoice in his own works, for that is his portion. For who shall bring him to see what shall be after him? I want you to look with me in verse number 10. The Bible says in verse number 10, I have seen the travail which God hath given to the sons of men to be exercised in. Now, Solomon's just making it something really plain. I've seen that all of the sons of God, the sons of men, all people are dealing with travail. And he says, by every account that I can consider, it must come from God. Verse number 11, he says, but an interesting thing, amidst all the travail, he says, he, God, hath made everything beautiful in his time. Somehow in the midst of the travail of living and life and dying and death, God, for his people, has made everything beautiful in his time. Also, he has set the world in their heart. Now, the word world here, I'm not correcting the Bible by any stretch of the imagination, but the word world here, almost every other place in the Scripture that it's translated, it's translated eternity. And I understand the word world here. It makes perfect sense. There's something greater than the earth this word, one other place, is used in connection with the earth, the earth and the world. It's not that the earth and the world are the same thing. It's just saying that there's the earth. We know what the earth is and its sphere. But the world is greater than that. And when the word world is used here, it's not referring to time. It's not referring to place. It's referring to all of eternity, all of God's creation. And just so you know, this is a wonderful, sweet truth. In God's creation of the world, he included eternity for you and I. Amen. Hallelujah. Because I want you to know something. Without eternity, without the idea and the truth and the fact of eternity, you'll never, ever make any sense of life. So the Bible says it like this, and it continues in verse 11. He hath made everything beautiful in his time. Also, he has set the world, eternity, in their heart so that no man can find out the work that God maketh, 
from the beginning to the end. He says, look, God has put in your heart a yearning, a desire, an understanding, a consciousness of eternity. He says, without it, you cannot even begin to understand. God has put it in your heart. He's, and it just and the, the scripture, it continues in verse 11 there. Uh, it says, uh, so that no man can find out the work that God maketh from the beginning to the end. How many of you think you've got it all figured out? Whatever you do, don't raise your hand. Because we'll know who the fool in the room is. You see, it's a very foolhardy thing to think somehow you got it all figured out. And God knows that it is not in our capacity to understand all there is to understand about this world, about why do bad things happen to good people. Why are there folks who are young battling with cancer? Why are there children battling with sickness? Why is that? And why, 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 why? God said, now listen. I have a purpose. I'll make everything beautiful in its time. I've put eternity in your heart, understanding and knowing that you can't possibly understand all that God has in store. Now, this is not some glorified excuse for the Lord and bad stuff. This is God helping Christian people to understand that until you've made eternity your goal, you cannot even begin to enjoy and thrive in your short living in life. Eternity. God's put eternity in our hearts. God's put eternity in our hearts. As you study this verse, eternity in their hearts or the world in their hearts, you can't help but begin to uncover uh, stories about missionaries and stories about uh, mission endeavors because in, in jungle-type settings, and if Otto were here tonight, he could tell us more about it. In jungle-type settings, historically, one thing that has uh, been the uh, catalyst for seeing Folks saved in jungle-type, uh, remote, and third-world and worse-type settings is the fact that in the hearts of all of God's men, even the ones who've never seen a Bible, never seen a missionary, never seen a white man, never seen whatever, in their hearts, God has put an understanding that there must be a creator. God has put in their hearts that there's got to be something more than just life and living. My goats today, they'd been out all morning getting their bellies full and they came back to the dirt spot near our house and were chewing their cud and laying around. And you know, I saw something amazing. All at once, all of them were looking into the sky, pondering God and eternity. I got special goats. What can I say? They're preacher's goats. I'm just kidding. No. They don't ponder eternity. They ponder what they just coughed up and chewed. And when that gets gone, they go get them some more. And my dogs, they were just laying in the pen today and thinking, God, you're so good. <laughs> no, that's not it at all. <laughs> What's that smell? I love that smell. 
spaghetti. <laughs> but almost without exception, thinking, mentally capable people spend large portions of their lives wondering and considering eternity. God's put it in your heart. Now, for us, we have the Bible. We have the message of the gospel through the Lord Jesus Christ. Most of us on Wednesday night have put our faith and trust in Jesus, and we're saved. And the message of eternity is one that will remind us and help us to be able to enjoy life in all of its seasons. You see, eternity in our hearts, number one, eternity in our hearts gives us hope for living. Now look what the Bible says in verse, chap, verse number one of chapter three. It's kind of interesting to me, but we read this, and this is something, I've been studying this for a few weeks, and I wasn't ready last week to preach it. And I've just been studying this for a few weeks because, I mean, there's some things to contemplate. How many times as a preacher have I heard this passage of Scripture read to people as a means of encouraging them? And quite frankly, I read this and I understand this passage of Scripture and it encourages me. But when I really begin to think of, of the fact that verses 1 through 8 of Ecclesiastes 3 encourage me, I begin to am I sick? Listen to it. Listen to how encouraging this is. To everything there is a season. Oh, that's sweet. I think about seasons. I like seasons. I like the seasons changing. But we're, talk we're not talking about changing from spring to summer. Hallelujah, that's good. From summer to fall, I like that too. From fall to winter, sounds good to me. I look forward to getting the wood stove fired up. We're not talking about changing the temperature. He says, in everything there's a season and a purpose under heaven. Verse number two, a time to be born. Hallelujah, isn't that exciting? And a time to die. Are you encouraged now? And even if you want to be real honest, when you put those two things together, you're holding the newborn baby, looking at the newborn baby and saying, oh, you're so sweet. One of these days, baby, it's going to be awesome. You're going to die. I'm so encouraged by verse number two. This is awesome. Time to be born, a time to die, a time to plant. I like planting. Time to pluck up. The tree you planted has got so big it's gotten away. You've got to cut it down. Number three, verse number three, a time to kill. <laughs> Ouch. A time to heal. A time to break down. A time to build up. A time to weep. A time to laugh, time to mourn, time to dance, a time to cast away stones, a time to gather stones together, a time to, uh, that cast away stones, you, you, you throw them out of the garden. Depending on where the stones are is whether they're good or bad. A time to cast away stones, they're in your way. But then there's other times you're building something, you need to pile them back up. And it speaks to the monotony of life. A time to embrace. Isn't it good when you can help somebody with a hug? But isn't it painful when you have to come to the place in some people's lives where you have to say, I can't help you anymore. Tough love. That ain't no fun. A time to get. We like that. A time to lose. A time to keep. A time to cast away. A time to rend. A time to sow. A time to keep silence, a time to speak, a time to love, a time to hate, a time of war, a time of peace. 
And look at all these things. Now, without eternity, without the purpose of God, without the love of God, the blessing of God, the plan of God, this is a very discouraging passage of Scripture. Because it reminds us with all of life's little joys, there is a certain bitterness to follow. Are you encouraged now? But how many of you are like me, you read this passage of Scripture and you think to everything there's a season. You think, praise the Lord. And I don't look at it the way that I've explained it to you and described it to you. You know why I don't look at it the way? Because I've been saved by grace through faith in Jesus Christ. And I know that the burdens of life are temporary and short. And the promise of eternity is glorious. And I know the grace of God is sufficient for the burdens of life. And all the blessings of God are sweet while I'm living. And I have reason to rejoice in the seasons, the goods, the highs, the bads the lows I have reason to rejoice because hey look this world's not my home I'm just passing through and even while I'm here God's grace is sufficient for every burden that I face how can you have that I'll tell you how I can have that peace in light of time and seasons and the burdens that will come someone said it like this in regard to the burdens that were up ahead you ain't seen nothing yet I talk to these old preachers all the time. There's a couple of them here tonight. I met. And I love it. I talk to these old preachers all the time. And, you know, when you're really young, I'm still very young, but when you're really, really young, you think, man, if I can ever get to the place where I'm like Pastor Chuck, pastor in the Chihuahua Baptist Church, cruise control. It's going to be sweet. When they retire, it's going to be sweet. (laughs) You know what these old preachers tell me? It's going to be rough till you die, buddy. (laughs) And you know what? I understand. There's always going to be burdens to bear. There's always going to be trouble. There's always going to be things that are coming up. And I'm going to tell you, don't you think somehow that you can pray a prayer and get saved, that you can come to church faithfully and start reading your Bible and praying faithfully, and all of the troubles of the world are going to go away? That's not how it works. But I will tell you this, you can rest in the fact that every burden that you bear has an eternal purpose. And God in love is allowing and orchestrating even the things that the devil is designed to destroy you. He is working in your life. Don't look for something to take you away from all the trouble. You look for God that's going to bring you through all the trouble. And the eternal purpose that God has for the trouble and the life that you live and the seasons that are good and the seasons that are bad and the seasons that are high and the seasons that are low. And if you have eternity's uh, perspective and the child of God's perspective, then you can rest when things are low and rest when things are high and you'll believe and trust. And when the Bible says... To everything there's a season, a time to be born, and a time to die. You can say, praise you, Lord, thank you, hallelujah. And when the baby's born, you can rejoice. And when you're at the casket in the graveyard, you can rejoice because this is not the end. You see, eternity 
Oh, it's such a shame when people try to live life or try to make sense out of life without eternity. You can't. It's horrible. It's not some figment of our imagination. God in love has made it plain and put it in our hearts that we were created and designed for eternity. And let me tell you something. God put eternity in our heart and it gives us hope for living. Hope for living with all of its seasons. God has put eternity in our heart and it gives us hope and reason to live righteously. Look what the Bible says in verse 16. We can't begin to cover all this ground, but we'll do a lot as much as we can. In verse 16, eternity in our hearts gives us hope for righteous living. Have you ever wondered, why in the world should I be good? And Solomon's having this thought. And I'll be honest with you, Solomon, a lot of times, he wasn't very good. As a matter of fact, he spent a large portion of his adult life being really bad. And he thought, you know, and, but here's his logic. He's trying to separate life and living from eternity. And so he's like, you know, if I'm here and I'm alive and there are things I enjoy, even though, you know, Dad, David said these are bad, even though Moses said these are bad, you know, who are they to tell me what to do? I'm the mightiest man that's ever lived. I'm going to see what living's like. I'm going to see what living's like. And Solomon begins to question, is there any good reason to live righteously? I remember, now, I remember as a teenager having these same thoughts. Thinking, why should I be good? I mean, it seems to me that there's other folks are having more fun being bad than right this moment I'm having being good. But fortunately, God had put eternity in my heart. And I began to understand that I'm not just living for today. I'm living for eternity. Now, here's what the Bible says in verse number 16. Here's what Solomon's saying. He says, I saw under the sun the place of judgment, that wickedness was there. There was wickedness in the place of judgment on the bad people, that there was wickedness and there was iniquity and trouble there. And, I, and the place, verse number 16 continues, and the place of righteousness. That iniquity was there. He says the wicked were dealing with trouble. The righteous were dealing with trouble. Hmm. Verse 17. I said in my heart, God shall judge the righteous and the wicked. For there is a time there for every purpose and for every word. He said, look, the good people are suffering travail. The bad people are suffering travail. He said, but i got to remember something. God shall judge the righteous and the wicked. But there is a time there for every purpose, for every work. Eternity in our hearts gives us hope for righteous living. Listen, don't stop living for the glory of God because you get bitter at a bad circumstance in your life. Don't stop living and doing what's right according to God's word just because you think somehow you've been victimized by somebody. Stop that mess. If you ever think that person is the reason I'm not doing the right thing, let me tell you something. They are not the problem. You are. We like to, oh, man, it's just this, this world's not fair. You're right. Hallelujah. For every time there's a season. <laughs> you see, eternity in our hearts gives us a reason to live right. Why do I live righteously? 
Because I want to please the God that I'm going to spend eternity with. Because God has made it right. And God's way is right. And I want to please the Lord. Eternity in their hearts gives us hope for righteous living. Finally, number three, eternity in our hearts gives us hope for death. Now, I'm just going to tell you, verses 18 through 22, you can watch Solomon. Solomon has this moment he's like, eternity, 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 God, God. And then he goes, going, world, 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 world. And he's going, you can watch him, he's slipping down into the slippery slopes of under the sun thinking. He says in verse 18, I said in my heart concerning the estate of the sons of men, that God might manifest them, and that they might see that they themselves are beasts. He says, I'm starting to think about men again and the case of man. And he says, you know, men are no different than beasts. We've already discovered this. Men are a lot different than beasts. We have eternity in our hearts. Verse number 19. For that which befalleth the sons of men befalleth beasts. The same thing that happens to beasts happen to men. He gives them some detail. Even one thing befalleth them. As the one dieth, so dieth the other. What happens when one of my extraordinary goats die? They rot. you got to get rid of them pretty fast because they stink, especially this time of the year. What happens if Cody dies out in the goat field? If you don't do something with me pretty fast, it's going to be stinky. And if you leave me long enough, I'm just going to go back to the dirt. There will be a bright green spot there. And so Solomon's like, look, when a beast dies or this beast dies, he's like, we have something in common with beasts. When we die, we go back to the dust. Verse number 20, all go into one place. All are of the dust. All turn to dust again. Who knoweth the spirit of man that goeth upward? And the spirit of the beast that goeth downward. I'll just tell you in verse 21, he's being condescending and he's, He's being critical. He says, who can know whether the spirit of a man goes up or the spirit of a beast goes down? Who can know that? And you know what? I know it. Because I'm so, no, I know it on the authority of the word of God. The Bible says, be absent from the bodies, be present with the Lord. The Bible preaches over and over again that there'll be a resurrection of this, resurrection of this old body. He's not going to resurrect my dog, but he's going to resurrect me. There's coming a day when the dead in Christ will rise first. Hallelujah. Is there a difference? Oh, is there hope for death? Absolutely, yes. Wherefore, I perceive, verse 22, that there's nothing better. Here we go. Watch watch Solomon. He's slipping back down into the doldrums and the empty worldliness of thinking like you're only under the sun on this earth. He says... I perceive there's nothing better than a man should rejoice in his own works. Is there anything better than you should just work as hard as you can and get as much as you can while you're living? Is there anything better than that? Yes. There's a lot, but there's something a lot better. Live for Jesus. Live for eternity. For that is his portion. For who shall bring him to see what shall be after him? There's an answer to Solomon's question. He says, who shall bring him to see what shall be after him? Maybe you're here tonight and you say, man, I don't know if I believe. I don't, this life and all of its troubles is awful. Who, who, who can show me what will be hereafter? Well, with God's word, I can. 
God's word, I can. You're created in the image of God. You're going to live forever somewhere. You're a sinner. Your sin condemns you to hell. And those thoughts in your heart about whether or not there's a God or not and the, the pondering that you have of hell and punishment and sin and guilt, those are things that God, your creator, has put in your heart to show you that he is there and he's alive and well. He's pointing out the fact that you need a savior. And God planned before time began, for all of eternity, that he would provide for man a savior in the Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ, the God-man, came to earth, lived a sinless life, died on the cross. Why? So that all these people, they turn in their hearts, when they felt the conviction of sin would have a place to go a sacrifice Jesus Christ died on the cross for your sins he rose again from the dead he ascended into heaven he prepared a place for us that lasts for all eternity and so shall I ever be with the Lord why for all of us who have eternity in our hearts so we have a reason and a hope in living in righteous living, and in dying. You see, you need to repent of your sin and put your trust in Jesus. Ask him to be your Savior. That's why he's put eternity in your heart. Because he loves you and he wants to spend eternity with you. Turn to Christ. Eternity gives us hope. I'm encouraged as I think about the seasons of life, I'm encouraged about the highs. I'm encouraged about the lows. I'm encouraged because I know God's grace is sufficient. And God's plan is perfect. And God's love for me is unfailing, never changing. Huh. There's a season to everything. There's a purpose. And God's at the center of it all. I think I'll live for eternity. It makes living, dying, and all of life so much sweeter. Let's pray.